You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. If you guys are like me, then you're obsessed with Nicola Bathy and her amazing Instagram feed filled with so much inspiration when it comes to fashion and interior design. I just love scrolling through it. I got to talk with the jewelry designer and now even fashion designer with Dillard's about how she got started, what's next, and everything in between. You're going to love this episode as I so enjoy talking with her. As always, don't forget to head to thepreppypodcast.com to shop Preppy Podcast merch. The navy prep set shirt has been a hit and was just restocked in a bunch of sizes, so don't miss it again. All right, so why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do? Okay, I am Nicola Baffy McLaughlin. Um, my uh, maiden name is Baffy, but I started everything before I got married, so it gets a little confusing. Um, and I live in San Antonio, and I primarily do jewelry design. I just stepped my toes into the fashion design world, and um, before I did jewelry design, I did interior design. So just a lot of design. I would say. Yeah. You wear a lot of hats. (laughs) (laughs) So now tell me about growing up. Like, were you always entrepreneurial and creative or into style, like always playing dress up or, you know, setting a table? Like, tell me about what childhood was like for you. Um, As far as setting tables, my mom used to have a ton of dinner parties at home. They um, are British. So going out to eat, was something you did really like for a big celebration, like birthday. It wasn't just like, hey, where should we go to dinner tonight? Um, so growing up, that was different just with all my friends. Uh, they but they had a lot of people, you know, come over and they would host a lot. So my mom always like set the table. And um, I think I got, I, I had that, you know, like in my background when I started doing t- tablescapes. Um, and... I have three younger siblings, so dressing up was always kind of one of our activities. I um, would even dress up my brothers. (laughs) Everyone played a part in my, um, you know, my, my, uh, I guess my play that I had going. And then as far as designing, I mean, I always, like, I loved projects. So I would always do, you know, I was very crafty. And, um, I remember (laughs) watching ABC extreme family makeover. Like that was our big thing to watch on Sundays with my family. I was like, that's so cool. Um, I don't know if that's really like design oriented, but it was uh, maybe something that led me into the direction of interior design. Um, and it definitely doesn't work that quickly in real life, but it, I guess that everything like has its little place in your history of how you get to where you are. So I definitely I have to bring that up. 
<laughs> That's so fun. So then did you grow up in England or did you grow up here? Well, we um, we came to San Antonio when I was about six years old. So I don't really okay. remember, you know, I don't really, I, when someone asks where I grew up, I say in San Antonio, mm-hmm. it just, <laughs> just confusing otherwise. No, that makes sense. And you don't really have an accent. So do you pick no, that up my par- around your family though? <laughs> um, I mean, no, like sometimes if my mom is saying something, I, you know, and we're in a conversation and she's like, oh, pull. And then I say Paul like that. And then I correct myself. And sometimes I catch myself. I'm like, why can't I think of this word? And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's because I know like four different pronunciations of it. Yeah. And, and like with a different accent. But um no, I had an accent when I was little. And then my parents said once I was in school in San Antonio, it it changed. And I remember my best friend still to this day was like, it's not mitten. Or she was always like talking about how I would say mitten and kitten. And I would be, I would say I've been there. And she's like, you, nope, that's not what we say here. It's I've been there. And <laughs> But my parents say it that way. So anyway, yeah, I, I definitely lost the accent quickly. That's so funny. And I mean, I'm sure it's so different than a Texas accent too, even just for, yeah. you know, Americans. So that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, my mom always jokes. She drives through Starbucks and she's like, could I have a glass of water? And they're like, what? And she was like, water. And she like tries to say it with a Texas accent. They have no idea what she's saying. But <sighs> That's so funny. Fun. <laughs> so then when it came time for school, where and what did you end up studying uh, for college? So I went to TCU, Texas Christian University in Fort Worth, and I majored in interior design and graduated. I stayed in it the entire time. Okay. So did you do any internships or um, shadow anyone in the interior design world during your time there? Or did you just kind of have an interest in interior design and it ended up working out? And so you just stuck with that. Like, tell me a little bit about your college uh, life. Well, right before college, I had in the summers in between school, I would intern for um, M Interiors in San Antonio. And I think I did that for two or three summers. And then I also did a summer program for interior design before college um, in Oxford in England. And it was just a little summer abroad program. Um, And so I definitely knew what I wanted to do. And I definitely was very certain on that. And then in college, we did actually have to intern as one of our credits. And so towards maybe it was like my junior year summer, I interned for Betty Lou Phillips in Dallas. And um, then the summers before that, I would do a little bit of work for M Interiors when I came home. So um, yeah, That's cool. No, it sounds like you're similar to me in that fact. I kind of knew right out of college what I wanted to do and set myself up and tried to learn even before college. So that's really cool that you you knew that ahead of time and were passionate so young. Yeah, it was really, I mean, I'm really happy that I was in the position I was in, you know, and I wasn't unsure because I think such like a vulnerable time to not know what you want to do after college or what you're going to do with your degree. It's just a lot of pressure. So I, I did feel I was very grateful for that feeling, knowing what I wanted yeah. to do. 
So now since then, during your time in college, you had these internships, um, and even before then, you were getting some experience then. What was your first career? Did you jump into interior design? Did you start your jewelry then? Like, what did you do right after college? So I actually started jewelry a, kind of <laughs> in college. I would okay. make like earrings or necklaces for my friends or sorority sisters to go out in. And I'd be like, oh, that's $5. <laughs> And, and so, I I mean, I, I wouldn't really say it was a career then. And I was sitting on the floor of like my dorm room making it, but, um, my dad had told me that I had to have a job before I graduated college, which he forgot to mention to my three other siblings. But, um, (laughs) so I had a job lined up, like graduated, moved straight to Dallas and started working immediately for Jenkins interiors. And, um, I worked there until I got engaged and my husband now lived in San Antonio. And so slowly after that, maybe eight months after that, I started moving home. And then um, I started McLaughlin Interiors after I got married. And so I had that. But at the same time, I was always doing jewelry. That's so cool. So, Okay. So how did you know that you could start your own, um, you know, interior design firm then after you had your experience? Like, I feel like that's a a question that a lot of people don't know, like, when's the right time? And I always say, you know, you just have to dive in. But some people are like, oh, you know, I had enough clients under my belt. Like, so what what's your advice on that aspect? Um, So Leslie, who owns Jenkins Interiors, when I was working for her, um, she was like, when you become a senior designer, you have your own projects. And like to become a senior designer, you really need to like know all the ins and ins and outs about the project. And I think you really only ever learn that with experience. I think it's really hard to learn in school. I think school gives you kind of the building blocks, but really like boots on the ground, you're not going to get better experience and learning from than that. Um, and so she also had told me, she was like, you, you know what you're doing and you know what looks good. You know what you like. And like, you have to be very confident when you're mm-hmm. to be a senior designer, you know, you can't be like, oh, I think maybe that looks good. And so after, so when I had become like a senior designer and I had my own clients and she would oversee everything. Um, but you know, job sites that only I was going to the meetings and all of that. I was fairly confident by the time I was in San Antonio married, it had been enough time (laughs) to kind of gain that confidence of starting something on my own. And um, I also think, you know, it is true, like hit the ground running. Like I didn't really think like, oh, I can't do this or will this actually work? I was like, I will do pillows for someone. I will do anything. Like I'll, Uh, let's just go and start and see where it takes us. And so I was, I, I was also doing my own home at the same time. So that was really nice to, I was finding new workrooms and, you know, learning how to work with people in San Antonio and how workrooms were different than Dallas and maybe they take longer or they're faster or, you know, and kind of finding resources like a wallpaper installer, art hangers and all of that. And so 
it was really nice to be doing it for myself at the same time because being your own client is easy. You know, you can't really be mad at yourself or <laughs> let down. It's just, you know, everything. So, um, so I think it was just really good timing of yeah. all of that. Definitely. So now at the same time, you were growing your jewelry business then too, right? Simultaneously, yes. is that correct? Yeah. Okay. So, so tell me business, about the jewelry. It just was, it was like the little train that could, and it just always kept going. And no matter how many interior design projects I had or what I was doing, it just, it just never, you know, it just kept going. And so, um, then it started really competing with interior design and just as far as like time and, oh my gosh, there's such an opportunity here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just, it became a bigger business than interior design. And it also, you know, it was just honest. It was like a smaller scale but more because, I mean, obviously it was, we weren't just selling a pillow. It was just like, here are 20 of the same earrings. And so um, when I had my first baby, I installed a job at 39 weeks pregnant. And I was like, okay, I can definitely pack earrings at 39 weeks pregnant and make earrings and, you know, all of that. But I can't, I don't know, you know, without a baby because it's 39 weeks pregnant. I was like, I don't know how I can do it now. And then how will I continue doing it when I have a child at home? And um, so after that, I finished up a couple of more jobs and I was like, okay, that little train just like was still there. I was like, okay, I give up. It's just going to be jewelry for a while. And as much as I love interior design, I've kept it on the side a little bit, you know, I'll do things for myself yeah. here and there. My mom, but um, jewelry just really kind of dominated and you know, it wasn't, it was always available. It wasn't like a client and my children could come first. And so it just, it worked out really well. Definitely. And I feel like jewelry, you know, you do what you love. I dabbled with interior design. I had like, I joke a quarter life crisis and went back to school for design and like <laughs> worked for an interior designer. Cause I thought I wanted to be an interior designer instead of being in PR. And it's hard though. Cause you deal with, you know, any industry you deal with customers, but it's their home. So they want, yes. you know, the last say and changing minds and all of and that. Whereas the jewelry, it's like what you want, you know? Yeah. And I mean, interior design is so personal and yeah. it's so amazing. It, I, I love doing it. I loved doing it, but it's so personal and it's just, it's a luxury. It's expensive. And so to tell a client like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like my child is napping. So I cannot email you until this time, you know, it's not fair on your clients. And, um, but I, I think that's just kind of part of life. You know, you, you get taken where you need to go. And so, yeah. Seasons and reasons for sure. Yep. So now let's talk about like, what were some of the first steps to taking the jewelry to the next level? Like at this point, I assume you had a website going, but like, when did you decide to crank it up and how? Um, so, you know, for a couple of years, I was new on Instagram and I started noticing like people making similar looking and I did 
and um, it bothered me, but there really wasn't a way around it. And just like art, anyone can go buy a canvas and the same paint colors, or if you know how to mix a paint color and they can make something similar Mm -hmm. or maybe too similar for comfort. And so in the back of my head, I was like, how can I start something that isn't easily replicated? For example, like a mother of pearl flower, you know, and I, and so I was like, how could I make that my own? Because I was buying beads that anyone can buy and anyone should buy. Um, You know, there was the, the hole in them was a certain direction so you really could only wire it a certain way and you so anyway that just led me to finding um a production manager who helps with um linking you to different manufacturers who can make something that you're after and Mm -hmm. so when I took the leap of faith and did that where everything is completely you know, you're not, there's no limitations on what you make. And there's, you know, you don't have to be like, okay, well, this bead only comes in this size, but that's all we yeah. can do. Um, that was really, I think, when it changed a lot. And how long ago did you do that? Like, when did you decide to start doing that, I would guess? Um, I would say maybe 2019. I think I started the process early and it took a, it took, it was probably the longest thing. Normally I hit the ground running and I'm just like, okay, we're going to start an interior design firm. Who cares what happens? Um, (laughs) But that, that took, um, that took quite a while. I I went and I had texted a friend who I thought maybe would know someone and she had responded. And then I never followed up for like an entire year. I sat on it and I just, I thought about it and I thought about it. And then, um, when I finally reached out, that took a while too. Um, and then just to start the whole production process and getting samples and doing designs and CADs and all of that. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, I did sit on that for a while. Because anyone listening that, you know, isn't as familiar with design when you're working with a manufacturer like that, like your buy-in's a lot larger because there's minimums and things like that yeah. versus before, you know, you could just buy the beads and make it kind of almost as orders come in but with something like oh, this totally. with a larger manufacturer you you know it, it's a lot more money for you to put out yeah it's just a, it's definitely a bigger risk and you know our whole business model before that was everything was one of a kind so it was so mm-hmm. everything was special and everything you know it was like, oh, well, I have to get it now. Otherwise it won't be there. And then we started making earrings that were, okay, we, (laughs) this is the max amount because, you know, like we, I would have bought exactly 20 pairs that Mm -hmm. we could have pieces to make 20 pairs of earrings for. And, and then sometimes those would be slower than the others. I really didn't know, you know, especially some manufacturers, I mean, they have like 500 unit buy-ins and so or minimums and yeah of one style and so it was just a shift in the business model and like how I had always done things but I think with the way things are now and Instagram it's 
a place where you, when you see something, you want that. You don't want something similar. You don't want yeah. to wait. It's instant gratification. And so I think that's really, I felt comfortable eventually knowing that and then took the leap of faith. Definitely. No, that makes so much sense. So speaking of Instagram, then you obviously have your blog too, and you post, you know, your designs and a little bit of your life and all of that. So when did you start your blog? Like when did you make your Instagram kind of showcasing all of this? And what was the, was it always a strategy for your business? I know how that's for me. Like I have this sort of influencer page, but it's really a marketing tool for me, for my, for my business. So like, talk to me about that, your blog and your Instagram. I mean, it really was something that came about. It, I, it was never part of the plan. I never really knew what it was. I, um, didn't know the ins and outs. Um, and I remember, one day being like, wow, I have 330 followers and this is incredible. And I would only post a picture of a pair of earrings and I, it wouldn't even be a pair. I would take a picture of the one earring I made and then I'd mirror it. So it looked like a pair, but it wasn't even a real picture. And I just remember being like, wow, 300 people. Oh my gosh. And so it was, it, it just kind of developed that way. And then when we would be taking, you know, campaign photos and I would be dressed up in a pretty dress and I would start getting questions like, where's that dress from? And when I would post my interiors, it would like, it just, I think it just kind of gained some steam that way. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, your interiors are pretty, what's your paint color? And um, so I think one thing just led to the next, honestly, with the whole Instagram the whole Instagram platform itself. Definitely. I mean, I feel like for anyone listening, I feel like so many brands and businesses, they don't want to put their face out there. Like they're like, no one cares about me. No one wants to know about, you know, what we had for dinner or what my living room looks like, but it, they actually do. Followers really want to know that. They want to know that personal side. And it sounds like you sort of stumbled into that too then. Yeah. And I remember when I was posting those mirrored pictures of a pair of earrings more and more people be like we want to see it on like it's yeah it's really pretty just on your flat life but I need to see it (laughs) in the ear so I can get an idea and so it wasn't even until I mean it was I mean it was just everything was on the go and I was like okay well um that makes a lot of sense that's how (laughs) I shop I have to see the shoe on I have to see the dress on um and so you know, that's kind of when I was like, oh, thank you for pointing that out. Um, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have thought of it clearly, but here we are. And so now, um, you know, like everything we, every product we have is photographed in multiple ways. And um, I I think it's just, you, you really learn as you go. Um, But I guess that's how the whole Instagram came up. But it came pretty naturally, it sounds. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a very natural, growing place for us. Yeah. So let's talk about your Dillard's collection. Like, that's the newest, greatest thing. And I was telling you earlier that I'm obsessed. I have at least five pairs of the shoes right now, and I keep adding more <laughs> to my cart. So talk to me a little bit about that process, like how that came up, how long it took you to create, um, and all of that. Um, well, the whole process was about a year, just under a year. 
Um, and it happened really fast. I was like, when they reached out, I was like, so I am not like, I, I, I can pick out dresses they like, but designing, I don't know. I mean, I don't know silhouette names. I don't know a lot. <laughs> don't have a background in this. It's like, be sure you've got the right person. <laughs> um, but, you know, they have such a great team who has so much experience and they're just so good at what they do that, you know, when I would send them inspiration pictures, even if it was a picture of an ice skating rink in London and um, wallpaper and, you know, maybe a chandelier, they, and uh, along with some, you know, clothing, they'd be like, okay, we, get, we, we see what you want. And then it really develops so seamlessly. And I'm, when they first came with the samples, I was like, how did you take everything that was in my brain and put it into, you know, and like make it. And now we have samples in front of us. So it was really, it was really amazing just watching that come to life. That's really cool. And I'm sure seeing like clothing, because it seems like you're very creative and you know, your style you have nailed down, you know, who you are and what your style is, but then seeing clothing on people, I'm sure that like blew your mind when people were sending in pictures of them in your pieces. Yeah. And I, I really, it's like so special. People are like, oh my gosh, there's blue shoes. That's my something blue for my wedding. And I really need um, the skirt and top for my rehearsal dinner. And my mom wants to wear a gown that you did for her mother of the bride um, dress. I mean, that kind of is just, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so special. And it's like people wear them daily or they wear them for special events. It's just it it was it was so incredible to see kind of the reaction people had and and all of that so it was such a good experience definitely has the bestseller been those bow shoes that's what i was wondering yeah i sold out <laughs> yeah like i have them in the two colors <laughs> they they came back but they sold out in like 3 minutes um on our launch day. So that was really excited. We called them the party platforms and it's just so funny. I mean, people were hunting down party platforms like left, right, and center. Yeah. But yeah, me yeah. and most of my friends bought them in multiple colors because we loved them that much. So that's oh, when funny. I first posted a teaser about them, I got a few comments back like, well, can I see the front? I'm like, well, why do you want to see the front? The back is what we're talking about. But um, the back's where the party is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's business in the front, back and party in the back. Um, but yeah, the, that was fun. Just the hype on those were great. <laughs> That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about inspiration then, like for your jewelry, for your interiors, everything. Like where do you get inspiration from or who or what inspires you? So it's it's a funny thing because I used to say this in interior design. Interior interiors are so I mean, just fabrics and patterns and trends you see is so dictated by fashion and vice versa. You know, when one thing's in trend, for example, couple years ago like lucite was huge it was huge in jewelry it was huge in interiors it was huge in um shoe designing all the heels were lucite and so it really it it it, they all like influence each other which is so interesting and I've also you know like I feel like when everything is a little bit more contemporary and 
I felt like my earrings were more contemporary and my house was more contemporary. And then I, I, so I, I feel like in all areas of my life, fashion kind of influences the jewelry we do in my interiors. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that That is a great answer, but. No, I totally see it. When you say, you know, the lucid, I totally remember that and um, can see what you're talking about for sure. Yeah. And like when it's big, bold patterns, it's the same, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And even right now with the whole, you know, grand millennial trend, I feel like that's in both too. Totally. and it's kind of split right now. I feel like it's the grand millennial. And then there's also like that Kim Kardashian, like minimalist, like all like <laughs> neutrals and blacks. And like both of those are sort of, you know, at stores and interiors too. They're both yep. different sides of the spectrum. Yep. But <laughs> so what would you say is like been your greatest challenge with business? You know, I think it's just, I would say it's keeping up with mm-hmm. keeping people interested. And so, you know, I mean, you can design um, a pearl pair of earrings a hundred thousand different ways, but does it keep people interested? So it's yeah. kind of a balance of doing something that, you know, people like your community of customers and followers um, that will that's something that they would like, something they're comfortable with. But then also mm-hmm. being able to create different things that, you know, might hit a certain, a different crowd or it just, you know, it's not something that is so comparable to something you made last season. So I, I think, I think that's probably the biggest challenge maybe for anyone in design, but um, it's just that constant, newness I guess yeah especially in today's world I mean with everything at the touch of everyone's hand it's like they want new constantly I know and like not just new versions new colorways just new completely new so definitely on the flip side to that like what are you most proud of or what makes you really happy when it comes to your business I mean I, I I really think this what we kind of talked about touched on earlier it's really seeing people wearing it because mm-hmm. making a sale is one thing but then when you see people actually wearing it to their wedding or just out to dinner and you know that they feel good because they're in it or you know that I think that is the most rewarding part it's like they didn't have to wear it they wanted to yeah. and yeah. It, it just makes it special because I mean, you know, you're just like, oh, wow, you you loved it enough to buy it and then you loved it enough to keep wearing it. Exactly. Well, and especially just looping back to that newness factor, the fact that they're picking your pieces out of this huge worldwide web of things, essentially. Right. Yeah. So speaking of customers, then, who would be your like ultimate customer to wear your jewelry? Like, a celebrity or like we could talk about an icon who's no longer with us or like um, whoever, like who would be your dream person that you think just would look amazing in your jewelry? Oh my gosh. Well, it sounds, um, I think I would have to say Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> I think she would I totally rock really, it. <laughs> I, think, I know. I know she would. And so I think that would be really cool. Oh my gosh, that, yeah, you need to like put that out into the universe, make it happen. I know. 
<laughs> Play it every day from now on. <laughs> so what's been your biggest marketing tool? Like, has it been Instagram or is there something else that you think has really helped you market, you know, your business and your blog and all of that? I mean, it's totally Instagram. I doubt it's yeah. changed any. Last time I I had to check the stats on Instagram for something and um it was quite a while ago and it was just like or no sorry it was our website and it said that 98 percent of our business is through instagram and so i i just yeah i think i think it's it's a very powerful thing definitely now would you ever wholesale to stores your jewelry like is that in your future or we we um we do we wholesale to a couple of stores um we're at a variety, some smaller boutiques, and then Beholden has us as well. So um, it's been really exciting to see them in places there. And my husband got targeted for Wolf and Badger the other day, which is another online store that carries us. He's oh, like, is awesome. this your earrings? There's just someone who looks similar to you. I was like, no, that's ours, but <laughs> thanks um, for watching out for us. Um, but yeah, so is that somewhere I, that you hope to expand more than like, and go to yeah, markets definitely. and things? Okay. Yes, that would be, that would be definitely a goal of ours to, to, to expand on that. Yep. That makes sense. So since this is the preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does preppy mean to you? Like the modern prep, like modern preppy, how would you describe that? What does it mean to you? Um, you know, I uh, <laughs> I think that preppy is a nicer, maybe more sophisticated way of saying trendy. I think preppy is comes before the trend. I think it, mm-hmm. um, but I think it has sophistication. I think it has interest. I think it's ahead of the curve. Yep. I think that's what I would say is my answer. No, that's a great answer. Okay, now this might be a hard question. It might be like picking your favorite child, but <laughs> what's your favorite piece right now on your, let's say on your site, like jewelry-wise, and then like your Dillard's collection? What's your favorite okay. on each? Um, so last Christmas, we launched our Chinoiserie collection, and that has remained my favorite. So. I definitely can pick a favorite there. Although I love wearing new things and just like everyone else, I don't wear them all the time. But every time I look at it, I'm like, I just love you. You know, (laughs) see a piece, I'm like, I I love everything about you. Um, But I do choose things over the chinoiserie pieces sometimes. Um, So no one else can be, none of the other pieces can be offended. But um, as far (laughs) as the Dillard's pieces, I, I, as far as the shoes, it was definitely our, the Lila shoe, which is the party platform. Mm-hmm. And I really loved the green, the emerald. Um, yeah. And then the dress, there was a Nicholas gown and it's sold out. So I'm going to pick a different one, but um, <laughs> I love the Shelby top and the Meredith skirt. The Meredith skirt has like feathers on the bottom. It's all sequins. And then the top has sequins and ruffles and you can wear them together. You can pair the skirt with a sweater or you can wear the Shelby top with jeans. And so I I love, I love that one. 
I had those are the two clothing pieces that I got actually. Oh, one. I guess <laughs> I my it. answer is a good one. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. so funny. I think it's so <laughs> fun. You know, it's like you are dressed up, but you're not like too over the top. Yeah. Um, and I've worn it to dinner a couple times, and I, you know, I'm like, oh, I could wear this for New Year's. I could wear this to a fancy party, or you know, we can take it apart and wear it in different places. But um, definitely, I, I I love that one. It's perfect. And I like the color, like, because it goes with a lot and it's like feminine and it's just perfect. I do. I agree on the color. So what's next for you? Is there any like sneak peeks you can share with listeners? Like, are you doing a holiday collection or, you know, anything else that you're working on right now? We have um, a collection coming out for holidays. It's, It's going to have a lot of sequins and it's like pretty much the color is emerald green if there's color and so it, it feels very holiday oh. I'm really excited about that but um we're also we're renovating uh my husband's childhood home and so oh. that's kind of my it's been on the back burner for a little bit and just with Dillard's launching and all of that um so I'm really gonna put a spotlight on that and focus and buckle down and really um, put everything into that for the foreseeable future. Who knows how long it will take, but um, (laughs) especially in these times. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like our appliances are like literally middle of next year. So (laughs) (laughs) we might not have a refrigerator for a very long time, but I'm going to focus on that. And I'm really excited to give it my all and make it beautiful. Definitely. So my last question is, where can people find you? Like, let everyone know your social media handle, your website, um, all of that so they can follow, they can shop and support you. Okay. So my website is nicolabathy.com, N-I-C-O-L-A-B-A-T-H-I-E.com. And then my Instagram name, I have two. One's Nicola Bathy McLaughlin, and that's where you'll see interiors, children's stuff, fashion, jewelry. And then I also have Nicola Bathy Jewelry, which is just only jewelry pictures. And they're real. They're not mirrored. And they do have pictures <laughs> of people wearing them. So if you want to see it um, in real life, that is a good place to go. Awesome. And then Dillard's, of course, for your clothing, right? Oh, yes, of course. Dillard's for my clothing um, in stores and online. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Nicola. This was so fun to learn more about you and your designs and everything. So I so appreciate this. Oh, well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media. 